And now, I will ask Veronica Lacey to come up to the podium to say a few words about the Take Our Kids to Work program and to introduce our moderator and panelists. Veronica? Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Alexa, you're doing a fantastic job. I think that you're going to put the next person who takes your job uh, at shame, so watch out, world. Here she comes. I was, uh, I was saying to Alexa earlier on today that, um, and I'll say a couple of words about the Ultimate Dream Job Contest, um, but the winner of the Ultimate Dream Job Contest gets to spend a day with the Prime Minister of Canada Currently, the Prime Minister of, uh, of Canada, as you know, is in France, dealing some, with some very complex financial issues. So since Alexa wasn't able to spend the day with the Prime Minister of Canada, she just absolutely is going to have to become the Prime Minister of Canada. So it's obviously written in the book, right? Way to go, Alexa. <laughs> I do want to um, recognize Alexa's family, who are very important members of our community, not only because of the positions they hold, but because of what they have given to public life and to their own communities. So I would like to recognize Rory Chambers, who was the president of uh, the Canadian Club. So you have to stand up, right? And Marianne Chambers, please stand up. Marianne Chambers was a vice president with Scotia Bank, um, and she I first knew her when she led the campaign for the United Way. And she was a minister of community and social services for the province of Ontario. So it's Minister uh, Marianne Chambers. We're thrilled that you're, you're here. And I just want to say that I have some colleagues here also from the Learning Partnership, and that's uh, Amani Tadros and Juan Tran and uh, Kim Miller, and one of my bosses on my board, Martha Torrey, who, um, whose firm just bought a table as well. So I'm, I'm thrilled. Thank you very much for being here. <clears throat> I can hardly believe that Take Our Kids to Work has been around for 17 years. So none of the kids here in this room were around. But maybe some of the adults in this room were part of the, well, the uh, Take Our Kids to Work in the very first year. Maybe not. You don't have to say your age. So I won't be asking anybody how old uh, they are, just in case they ask me how old I am. But for the kids here today, this is the fourth year, and we're so thrilled because it is an opportunity for the kids to come and experience what adults experience on a regular basis. So this luncheon really is for you, the kids. Right across Canada, 75,000 employers, 
over 200,000 kids are participating in Take Our Kids to Work. 200,000. It's an amazing number of young people going to work with their parents, their aunts, their uncles, other relatives, friends from coast to coast to coast. So you could be in the far reaches of Newfoundland or in Victoria or in Nunavut and you're participating in Take Our Kids to Work Day. But regardless of where you are in this country, the purpose is always the same. The purpose is always to give kids the opportunity to think about what kinds of careers are open to you, the kind of variety of careers that are there, and most importantly, what is it that you need to do today to make sure that you have a chance to pursue your passion or your dream and actually work in that particular career. Oftentimes, kids wonder, what is the relevance of what I do in science class or math class or chemistry class? And it takes a while to understand that in point of fact, and we were just talking about this, in point of fact, understanding math or science and doing well in it opens doors not only to medicine, not only to engineering, but also to the trades, and to baking, for that matter. And so, when you go back to school, it's tremendously important that you begin to think of what you do every day in every one of your classes in terms of where you want to go once you graduate. And the bottom line is always once you graduate. That is your first and most important job. Those young people who graduate from secondary school and go on to apprenticeship or college or university have an opportunity to create a life for yourselves and a life for your family. So Take Our Kids to Work is about thinking about you and what your possibilities are. In the last three years, we added another piece to take our kids to work. It's called the Ultimate Dream Job Contest. And we had over 500 kids and 40,000 participants in the Ultimate Dream Job Contest. Kids say they want to do a huge variety of things, whether it's a lumberjack or a researcher or somebody who wants to find a cure for cancer. The young man who won and who is going to be spending the day in Ottawa with the Governor General, the Right Honorable David Johnson, and to be introduced in the House of Commons is a young man from Gainsborough, a very small town in Nova Scotia, and he wants to be a guitarist. So it all works if you follow your passion. But to follow your passion, you have to make the connection between what you're going to do when you finish school and what you're learning every day in school today. And so, I want to thank you for participating. I want to thank our sponsors. I want to thank the Canadian Club for making this happen for the fourth year in a row, Scotiabank, and the employers and parents who are in the room who join 
hands with all of us to make sure that every kid in this country has the opportunity to pursue their dreams, to pursue their passions. So that's what the Learning Partnership is all about. So let's get started and let me introduce our moderator for today's event. She's a former grade seven and grade eight teacher in Nobleton, Ontario. Best job in the world. So for anybody who thinks that once you become a teacher, you don't have any chances to move on to other careers, here we are. But you will recognize her as the co-host of CP24 Breakfast. So please join me in welcoming Melissa Grello and this year's panelists. guy right now oh there we go oh, I'm free from the podium hi everybody how are you doing today good did you enjoy lunch yes now we can all think because our bellies are full thank you very very much Veronica for that wonderful introduction as Veronica mentioned I actually uh, started my career not on television I started as a grade 7 and 8 teacher it was fascinating because ever since I was your age, so you're mostly 13, 14, and 15, I said I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I want to be a teacher. That's all I want to do with my life. So I decided to pursue that. And I went through high school and I went through university and I said, that's it. I'm going to get my Bachelor of Education. I also got my Bachelor of Arts in Psychology and I minored in French. So I figured, you know what, I've got my French all there. I've got my teaching degree all set. I'm ready to go. And I started teaching and decided I was going to go do my master's in education, which I started. And then, all of a sudden, the brakes came on, big time. And I want to share the story with you because today uh, is a wonderful opportunity that I didn't get to have when I was your age, and I really, really wish that I did. I knew there was one path, and I was following what I thought was my passion at the time. Started my master's in education and realized, for whatever reason, that things had changed. Something inside of me had changed. And it was really scary because I had gone through my whole life thinking I wanted to be a teacher, had done all of this education, spent a heck of a lot of money, was in a lot of debt. Adults, you know what I'm talking about. And I really had invested so much of myself into teaching. And all of a sudden, another light bulb came on and I decided that I wanted to pursue journalism. So, um, and I did, and I took, as I say, a left turn in my life and a left turn in my career, and here I am today co-hosting uh, one of Toronto's most popular morning shows. I was really lucky as well last year to have been selected um, to go and co-host Olympic morning at the uh, Olympic Games in Vancouver and in Whistler, and that's not something I could have foreseen for myself when I was your age. So I wanted to share that story because we're here today to hopefully open up your horizons a little bit let you know what else is out there from other things that you've already experienced with your friends or your family, but to also understand that sometimes your passions will change, and that's okay too, and to follow that. So I wanted to share that story. That's just my boring little story, but we have an amazing panel for you today, and this is going to be a fantastic afternoon. As Veronica mentioned, this is all about you. So we're really gonna start this, even though we're gonna have a panel, this is really going to be a conversation we're all gonna chat with each other, we're gonna take questions, I'm gonna ask questions of you, I'm gonna ask questions of our panelists as well, and so all of this is really for us to be basically share ideas, okay? So, without further ado, let me introduce to you our fantastic panel today. I wanted to first um, introduce to you Olivia Villeneuve, she's one of our grade nine students. Round of applause for Olivia. <laughs> Olivia. 
And Olivia, come and take a seat. And um, Olivia, I understand that you want to be um, a dancer or pursue dancing in your life. Yeah. Tell us quickly about that. Um, well, right now I dance four or five days a week and I really love it and I like working with kids and I help out with classes at my studio and I just think it'd be a great opportunity for me to keep doing what I love to do and stuff. Fantastic. So we thought, or the organizers today thought, it would be fantastic to pair up with Olivia today as somebody that you just have to meet because I think she's fantastic and you're going to think she's fantastic as well. She's the principal dancer with the National Ballet of Canada. Please help me welcome Jillian Vanstone to our panel today. And Jillian, as you can, I'm sure, attest to um, what Olivia uh, has found as her passion, obviously dancing is your passion. Uh, absolutely. It's been for a very long time, actually. It's wonderful. And how long did it take you on your journey to get to where you are now as the principal dancer of the National Ballet of Canada? Um, well, I just was promoted in June, uh, so it was very exciting for me to uh, reach this goal that I've had for years. Um, but I've been with the company 11 years. Wonderful. And, uh, trained for five years at the ballet school before that, started when I was six, so it's been quite a few years <laughs> trying to get here, yeah. Quite a journey, wonderful. All right, next up, please welcome Keenan to our panel today. Keenan, also a grade nine student. And Keenan, tell us what your aspirations are. I would like to become a search and rescue pilot because I like flying, it's very exhilarating. And I would also like to use my talents to save lives and help people. And I told him that he could be the next Prince William, because that's exactly what Prince William does. It's Prince Keenan, doesn't it sound good? It does. So we thought it'd be wonderful to pair up Keenan today. Uh, it is an honor, really, it was an honor for me to meet her as well. I want you to put your hands together for Lieutenant Colonel Maurice Carmichael, the very first female commanding officer of the 431st Squadron, otherwise known as the Snowbirds. Please. So Maryse, you know a thing or two about potentially what Keenan has ahead of him. I asked this question of you earlier. How on earth did you decide to get into uh, becoming into aviation and to becoming a pilot? I started actually uh, very much, it's a coincidence, very much like Keenan with the Air Cadets when I was a teenager. And that's how I started flying uh, gliders, flying, uh, did my private pilot license. And then later on, joined the Canadian Forces, and I've been with the Canadian Forces now for 20 years. And I asked her, how many other females have there been? And your answer was? This one, with the snowbirds, yeah. Just her, that's it, isn't that amazing? Just one. And I know we've all had our food and you're having dessert, but in the future, I think you need to remember this name, Miss Jasmine, as we uh, introduce her up to the stage, who has aspirations of being a fantastic baker, perhaps pastry chef. Come on up here, Jasmine. And I asked, how did you decide that you wanted to maybe aspire to be a pastry chef? Um, when I was really young, I liked baking. My grandma and my mom would bake with me. And that's always just been something I like to do. It was like kind of comforting for me now. If like, I'm kind of stressed, I like to and I just go home and I'll bake something. And then I'll bring it to school for my friends. And they'll be like, yes, you baked. <laughs> you must be the most popular girl in school. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> And of course, with Jasmine today, we decided to pair up with her. Uh, this is very, very exciting. He is the owner and chef of Hey Meatball. Put your hands together for Rodney Bowers. <laughs> and listen, you know this, Rodney, the restaurant business is not easy. What made you decide to get into it? 
Melissa, that's a great question. <laughs> it's, uh, there was too many pilots. So, <laughs> so being a cook was next in line. I, it's, um, I was born into it. My mother was a chef, uh, a cook, and my grandmother was. And I wish they were doctors, but so, so be it. <laughs> All right, let's put our hands together for our panel, ladies and gentlemen. So I've already kind of got through the first question in terms of what your dream job would be. So I'm going to go straight to the second one. Um, what are you doing right now? And I'll start with you. I'll start at the opposite end, Jasmine. Um, what are you doing right now? Um, and what's your plan in the long term to actually help you achieve your dream job of becoming a pastry chef? I bake for my friends and family. Like my, my aunts and my moms will be like, oh, my colleague wants you to make a cake for their little kid's birthday. I'll be like, okay. And I baked a couple days ago for my school's bake sale and just kind of get my name out there and tell everyone what I do. And basically, it's just pretty much more of that. I just want to get some more experience so I know what I will have to do when I'm older to bake. I want to get my name out there. Do you know uh, what schooling might be necessary for you to move forward? Probably food nutrition, that's what I want to do because I like the kind of experimental side and figure out why things react together. Like, I think that's really cool. Very, very cool. So Keenan, uh, I would imagine there's a fair bit of training and education ahead for you. Do you know, uh, what are you planning to do to get there? Well, I've joined the local air cadet squadron, so it's actually free training, so I get training for free, basically, <laughs> yeah. and I guess it's good because they put you through military college all for free again, and... Does that include your post-secondary education? Do you know Maurice? Yes, it does, yes. Uh, either through the Royal Military College of Canada or through a civilian university on their uh, training plan as well. And is that paid for by the government? That's correct, that's correct. Hey, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My ears just perked up too, okay. Uh, so let's talk about this for you, Miss Olivia. So in terms of, of training, obviously dancing is completely physical and mental yeah. as well. So what do you need to do to plan to pursue your dreams? Well, right now I'm helping out with classes at my studio with the younger ones. And since I really want to be a dance teacher, I plan on keep doing that throughout the years and just keep working towards that goal. I'm also on the dance team at my school, and that's a big opportunity for me too because it's a different style than what I'm used to. So just trying out new things and workshops and stuff like that, it's really helping me improve. And also helping out with the classes at my studio is really doing a lot for me too. Very good. So Rodney, let's talk about this. When you were um, the age of all of these students and students in the room, did you already know that you would be doing what you're doing right now? Um, no, I didn't. Uh, it was a premonition and, uh, you know, um, you, you feel it kind of when you're in high school and, and you, you start to sort of go down the path and I was always cooking and the only kid in my class that was doing all the cooking when we'd have a get together and, and you never actually think because it wasn't a career that was highly promoted when I was in high school. Nobody, when you sat down with the guidance counselor, was never spoke, well, what about cooking or what about getting into the restaurant business? That just never happened, but you, you, you follow your passion and which one step leads to the other and here I am with 20 years of cooking behind me. That's amazing. Yeah. Marise, did you know that you would be a pilot when you were about 14 or 15? I did, uh, I did realize back then when I started flying, flying gliders uh, especially, and having to get up early uh, on the weekends to go flying, and it didn't bother me at all. I really enjoyed it, and I really got up quickly, and it was, uh, I realized it was a passion, and that was something that I wanted to, to pursue. Was that in your family? I have an older brother that's also a pilot, 
And, uh, and I think I just followed in his footsteps. Uh, he joined the Kenyan forces four years before me and then uh, and just followed them. Very interesting. And did you know from a very young age, Jillian, that you wanted to be a dancer? Um, I actually knew when I was eight. I started lessons when I was six and I remember very distinctly telling my mom when I was eight years old that I wanted to be a ballerina. And I'm sure there's a million eight-year-olds that say that, but I was really serious. And um, so when I was 14, I had uh, already been a year at the National Ballet School here in Toronto. Um, I came when I was 13 from BC. So at that point, I, I made a pretty big commitment already, and, and having spent a year here just reinforced my passion and my drive to keep going with it. So let me ask each of you, at what age would you say, was there a definitive age where you knew this is my career for the rest of my life? Was it eight years old for I you? I was eight. It was eight years old. Yeah. You just knew. Yeah. And I think about that now, and I didn't really know what that meant. I just had this incredible passion for it and knew that it had to be my life. And it, it's funny because I'm not sure what it was exactly that, that drove me to that. I just loved my lessons so much. and knew vaguely that I could make some kind of career out of it. <laughs> uh, not knowing a whole lot about ballet companies or how to even get there, it's just I was so determined already. And you figured it out and yeah. you figured that part out. Yeah. And Marise, was there an age where you said, this is my career, this is a choice that I'm making and this will be my career? I think it was probably a little bit later in life, maybe about Keenan's age, uh, when I decided to, to really go towards aviation. I had been close to aviation uh, growing up as well, but uh, it was a little bit later on but that I decided to, to make it a career. And what about for you? What age did you decide that you were going to maybe pursue uh, being a chef or potentially opening your own business? Um, it was a little bit later. It was about 18. <laughs> I, I, I washed dishes in a mess hall uh, when I was 15. and. Um, Peeled some potatoes, worked part-time when I was uh, 16 and 17. Um, and I did really well in school. And uh, when I told my mom that I, you know, finally I was, you know, I think I, I really want to be a cook because she was a cook and she was like, nope, no buy. You're not getting into it, right? And uh, I asked my dad and my dad was like, whatever my son you want to do, it's, uh, it's great. And, and making that choice to follow uh, a trade, um, was the best thing I ever did. Why do you think your mom had hesitation? Well, she grew up in the industry, right? And she sort of, um, oftentimes, it's it's a very, I mean, with a lot of other jobs, it's very demanding. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and she grew up in it. And she was like, she had a passion for it. And uh, you want to you wanna really feel this is the what you want to do and make that choice because it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a tough one. You gotta sacrifice. You gotta for the sacrifice. You, love. you gotta sacrifice. Right. There, sure. Then there is no sacrifice without love. And yeah, love exactly. And you know what? We tell a lot of the cooks that come on and work in the restaurant that, um, you know, one of my chefs told me in school when I went to George Brown, they said, uh, everyone who wants to be rich, put up your hands. And everyone put up their hands. And they said, everyone who wants to be a chef, put up your hands. And everyone put up their hands. And he was like, you can't have both. <laughs> right? <laughs> And it is, it's a, it's a labor of love, and that's, you, you love to do it, and that's what it is. You wouldn't survive otherwise. No way. No way. No way. Okay, Olivia, I wanted to ask you, um, looking forward, uh, what do you think are some of the jobs or maybe um, some of the volunteer experiences that you think 
you will need, uh, maybe you're already doing it, that you will need to attain your dream job? Um, well, definitely helping out with classes at my studio is really getting like on the road to being a dance teacher. And also, some of my, uh, one of my friends, she works for Clarington sometimes, and she teaches classes to young ones as well. I think that'd be also a good way to do it because it's not necessarily with the people that I know very well at my studio. It's kind of getting myself more out there with the town and stuff like that. So I think that'd be a good opportunity as well. That's great. And now, can you volunteer in any way, Keenan? Like, what, can you, what do you do in terms of trying to gain experience? Is it simply what is offered to you through Air Cadets, primarily? Kind of, but since I want to be a search and rescue pilot, I need to cover the medical part of the job. So like a lifeguard or a paramedic would do. And you also need a lot of practical flying hours, around 50, to get into the actual working force. So you just kind of get buddies with somebody who has a plane? Basically. Just kidding. No, no, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, and for you, Jasmine, what do you need to do in terms of either volunteers or other experience um, that you need to get under your belt? I think it's just still just like making cakes for friends and making cakes for family members and I volunteer like I'm usually the one at my family functions like I'll make the dessert and I'm like I can do it um, it's usually or my mom or dad will volunteer my services um, but it's just I think it's just practice 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 makes perfect uh, we've got some questions for the panel and it doesn't say who it's from so I'll just pose it for the adults did you have an option B career that's a good one Marise, we'll start with you. Did you have a, a plan B? Not initially, actually. Uh, when I first went to the recruiting center and, and uh, mentioned what I wanted to do, I said pilot, and of course they always ask for second or third choice navigator or a traffic controller, and at, the point, at that point I didn't. It was, it was pilot or nothing uh, with the military. Interesting. And Jillian, did you have a plan B? Um, well, I thought a little bit. My, my father's a lawyer, so I did think about law. Um, but honestly, not as seriously as I was thinking about uh, being a ballet dancer. It, um, I think if, if this is not what I would have done, um, or if I, if I hadn't done this, I, I would have gone into law. Those are two different worlds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a ballerina or a lawyer? Yes. <laughs> You're very, very well-rounded. I hope so. <laughs> and what about for you, Ronnie? Did you have a plan B? I, you know what? I didn't. It was all, uh, all or nothing. It was... Uh, and when you love something, and when you love to do something, I don't think there ever is a plan B. It was, you put, I just put my heart and soul into it, and it just became everything to me, right? And I, even I had, um, a few years ago, I had someone that uh, came up to me who I knew years ago, and they said, so uh, what are you doing now? Uh, what are you up to? Um, you were cooking before. And I'm like, that's what I'm still doing. You know, I love it, and I love doing it every day. That's awesome. Yeah. Students, I'll start with you, Keenan. What do you think might be the biggest hurdle to overcome? I really don't know. That's a good answer. <laughs> good answer. No, seriously, because you know you're you're encountering it all the time, right? So, Olivia, what about you? The biggest thing you think you might have to overcome? Um, well, I just think getting into it, because there's lots of dancers, definitely. I think lots of them want to pursue that, and you have to go through auditions for different things and stuff like that, so I just think maybe getting, like, jobs and stuff like that would be hard, because I know it's not easy to make it as, like, a professional dancer, so... So, you, just... I gotta ask you and I gotta ask the audience, you guys watch shows, like, So You Think You Can Dance? We know it's hard for dancers, right? Competition is fierce. 
and they have to deal with a lot of rejection. You know, it was, is that something that you can, you think you can handle, or, or how do you even prepare for that? Yeah, I think I could handle it, because, like, right now I'm competing, and I compete against many different studios and stuff like that, so competing like that and not always winning is definitely, like, setting up. You know that you're not always going to get the part, you're not always going to win, but sometimes it does work out for you. You just never know what to expect, so. Builds character. Yes, and Jasmine, uh, what about you? What do you think the biggest hurdles will be for you to overcome? Probably my communication skills and confidence. Like, I probably need more confidence and be able to really be like, okay, this is the business aspect, this is what I have to do, because more, now it's kind of more for fun. But I think I need to be more confident and be able to say, okay, this is business, I have to be able to do this and this, and I can't just kind of push that to the side because I want to have fun. Your confidence, you're doing very well so far, <laughs> for the record. Um, I've got another one from um, the audience. This is for Jasmine. Jasmine, if you open up a baking restaurant, what will you name it? And would you name it after your grandma and mother's name or something more special? I'm guessing. Hey, Mom. <laughs> well, then I'm guessing you asked. <laughs> um, Mom's in the audience, in case you guys are wondering. I, I don't know. I was... It's, it's kind of hard because you'll be like, oh, this is such a cool name, and then you'll Google it and be like, sorry, taken. Obviously, okay. So then you try something else, it's like, that one's taken too. I guess I can't do that. But it's, um, I don't know, it's, I would, my mom is like, you should name it after me, I'm your mom. <laughs> um, and what's your mom's name? Jacqueline. So you call it like Jackie's? I could, or but J I probably and won't. Or <laughs> <laughs> We'll continue to talk when this is done. <laughs> okay, that's great. Um, okay, so I want to break it down a little bit with um, the adults, so to speak, here. I want you to break down of your education, uh, maybe starting from uh, maybe after high school. We're talking, we've got a bunch of high school students here. If you can take us through your levels of education to get to where you are. We'll start with you, Jillian. Okay, um, well, my high school acted a little bit as, I guess, some people's university uh, education would work as far as my career goes. Um, because right out of high school, I auditioned for the ballet company. Um, it is a shorter career, so you get into it right away. Um, people don't often make it past 40. Um, so that's when I'm going back to university, I guess. Um, and I started out in the company with a year of apprenticeship and then uh, joined the corps de ballet after that and moved up through the ranks through that. And really, I was, I was gaining um, my experience through my work. So how many years from when you um, actually had audition and then to becoming principal dancer? 11 years. 11 years. Wow. A lot of work. Yeah, it was. It really was. A lot of work. And she's yeah. still working. Yeah. And what it's, about for you, Maris? For me, I uh, finished high school and CJEP uh, in Quebec and then joined the Canadian Forces right after, actually. At the time, we could join as, a, as an officer without a, a degree. So I'm kind of doing it backwards. So that's probably one advice I would have for Keenan to go ahead do your degree and then join after that. So I'm, I'm doing it part-time now uh, with the work at the same time. Okay, and so you went in right after high school? I went in after CJEP in Quebec. That's yeah, right. So, yeah. Wow. But this is something that now the Canadian Forces allows me to, to do. We can, we can do it uh, part-time with work. And, uh, but of course, all the flying training was also part of, the, uh, of my training uh, in the early years. And what is your degree in now that you're working towards? It's a Bachelor of uh, Military Arts and Science. Wow. And right after high school, Rodney? Right after high school, um, I got into it. And uh, the cooking industry works a lot on an apprenticeship program as well. Um, 
and I signed up for a short course at George Brown College, uh, which was great, which teaches a lot of kids about the, uh, the production values and the math and the balance behind cooking and what you need to run a restaurant. Um, and I did 3,500 hours to get my journeyman papers, and then I wrote my red seal after about 6,000 hours. And uh, I continue to take courses. I was in Italy for two months last year. I, I took an olive oil course. I took a week learning how to make cheese. Wow. We went uh, <laughs> wild mushroom foraging. Um, I went to Sicily and learned how to make ice cream for four days. Wow. So you're, with being a cook, it's constant learning. I mean, you're never going to know all the recipes in the world or, or master it. And there's a lot of different cooks and chefs that you can work with that'll you know, teach you many aspects of the business, how to make desserts or pastries or how to keep a real clean kitchen or how to balance your books. And, and that's the fun about doing what I do is it's a constant, constant learning process. And I'll never know everything. The so. education never stops. No. I think it sounds like that for all of you, yeah. really. Yeah. Another question from the group, uh, it's uh, for the entire panel. Have you ever felt like quitting your dream job? That would be table nine. Thanks, table nine. Have you ever, anybody felt like quitting? Jillian. I did. Mm. Um, yeah, there was, there was once that, and it was really tough because it, it caught me by surprise. I'd never, ever considered it. And there was a day, and now it's funny because I don't remember what had set me off on this path, but I guess it was a really rough time. And um, I had this idea. I was like, that's it. I'm going upstairs, and I'm going to my boss. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit. And I did have the presence of mind to tell myself to sleep on it, <laughs> at least. And I'm sure he would have actually told me to go away and come back tomorrow if I had actually done that. Um, but you know the job is really tough, and it's it's mentally tough as well as physically, and you have a lot of um, pressure that you put on yourself, mm -hmm. and you know I I've been working for this since I was a little kid, and you know sometimes it it didn't seem like I was going to get where I wanted to go, and and that can be really tough, and that's the hardest times to work through, and the hardest times to keep pushing, and you know it's easy to work when you're inspired. Um, but luckily, I, I came out of that, uh, that feeling, and I'm really glad I did because I would have missed out on so much uh, had, I, had I stopped. You didn't know what was waiting for you around the corner. Exactly. 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 Yeah. And Marise, did you ever think, I'm going to quit, this is it, this is too much for me? I think probably not uh, to the point of quitting, but perhaps reconsidering what we do. Of course, in aviation, sometimes there's ups and downs and accidents do happen. Uh, being a military member with the Canadian Forces, uh, we have people all over the world right now in over 30 countries, and there are a lot of events that uh, make you reconsider and think about uh, about the career. But overall, um, very worth it, and, and uh, I will continue, of course, uh, uh, in this uh, in aviation and with the Canadian Forces. That's great. Does it ever get too tough, Rodney? Uh, it's yeah. We call them tough days for sure. And just before I open my first restaurant, uh, I was running a restaurant for somebody else, and um, sometimes it can be a job that um, goes a lot without appreciation because you're working a lot of hours, um, uh, and the pay is always questionable, and, uh, but when you love it, you love it, and I finished up with this restaurant, I gave my notice, and I was like, you know, 
I really like working with wood. And, uh, and I thought about it. And then the opportunity arose to open my own restaurant. And the thought hasn't crossed my mind since. Amazing. This is um, a question for you, Keenan. Uh, what's your rank in the Air Cadets? I'm a flight corporal. I'm a flight corporal. A flight That's corporal? The, uh, three years in the Air Cadets. And then what's the next rank for you? Which would be sergeant, and then wow. flight sergeant, and then warrant officer. Very cool. Sounds good to me. Olivia, this is for you. Olivia, who do you admire as a dancer? Um, well, I definitely have to say Jordan Clark from Safety Kid Dance. I just, like, this season on Safety Kid Dance, I just watched her, and she just amazed me. And She won was, now. She yeah, won she yeah, she won. And do you guys remember her? Bright red hair? Did you guys watch the show? She had bright red hair, beautiful girl, great dancer. And yeah. she won, so that's how good she was. I just loved watching her dance, and it was really amazing. Have you met her? Uh, I did go see one of the shows, and I did get a, her autograph, but I didn't really talk to her. There were so many people there. But yeah, I've like, seen her. I'm sure that was still very inspiring for you. Yeah, it was amazing. She's great. Really good. Uh, this is a question for anyone on the panel. Did you ever have doubts or encounter barriers on your path, and if so, how did you overcome it? Let's talk about that. What were the biggest hurdles in, in any of this for you? Um, this is for anybody so far. It could be the students for, or for the adults as well. Uh, I'll take this one. Um, when, you, when you sort of want to become a chef, you always have a vision of owning your own bakery or owning your, your own restaurant. And then you have an ideal of it, right? And then goes the path of making that happen. And sometimes you can find yourself that's not, you're not in the best place. Or you, like we said, when I wanted to become a carpenter, I wasn't in a restaurant where I wanted to be cooking the food that I wanted. And, uh, you know, sort of which made me uh, leave. But it, it, it was those steps to, you know, I went to work in a, um, a steakhouse to learn how to grill meat, and I went to work in a bakery to learn how to bake bread. And there were times it's like, on the whole, you're taking those little steps to get to your eventual goal, which was to cook a hundred mile, you know, food, to cook sustainable food, to be, you know, sort of the master of your own domain and really cook what you love to cook, mm -hmm. right? And you have to go through little things, I think, that you're not 100% with, but you know in the end they're going to get you to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And you have to make little sacrifices for sure. And speaking of sacrifices, also in, in the same line as the obstacles, uh, this is a question for the entire panel, and it, I think it's a great one. The question is how many times did you have doors close on you before you actually became successful? I think we have a, maybe a romanticized vision for ourselves when we want to pursue something, whatever it is. And then sometimes, for some people, the first door that closes in their face, it's that ultimate rejection and maybe even makes them question if this is the right career for them. So um, let's take through some of those. And maybe, students, you've already had that. You know, have there been any doors that have closed? And what did that do for you in your journey? Jillian? Um, well, as Olivia was mentioning earlier, you, um, you know, with, with competition and, and such, uh, you know, often there's a lot of people trying for certain roles in, in a production. Um, and, you know, when you're younger too, these roles can lead you on the path to promotion and more roles like that. Um, and it, 
it's really tough because it's a subjective art form. So we often get choreographers coming in from outside and you want them to like you and it's true, not every single choreographer is always gonna like you and not every director will like you to hire you on for something. Um, and so you do run into those times where you feel very, um, you know, often quite devastated that you weren't chosen for something and you feel like it's a real reflection of yourself. And, um, in, and that's really, really tough, uh, trying, to, trying to work past that and continue with that and realize that um, just because this opportunity didn't come up doesn't mean that another one won't and it doesn't mean you're not talented, it just means that this is how it worked out. But it's, it's often really hard to take that and it's hard to be okay, well, not really okay, but accept um, rejection. What do you tell yourself in that situation? Um, well, often I go through a phase of being fairly upset about it and then just tell myself to keep going, you know, and again, that, that's, that's when, it's, when it's the hardest to keep working and that's, but I think that's when it's the most important to keep working and, and still remember why you're passionate about something. And Marise, um, the fact that there are so few women in aviation, for me as an outsider, I would think that that alone is a huge obstacle to overcome. Were doors shut in your face because you're female? I think it might seem like this a little bit that maybe doors are closed, but for me, actually, certainly, it is. Uh, it is just normal. That's my normal daily life is is uh, working with uh, men. Although at our squadron we have uh, more female technicians uh, that are uh, arriving at the squadron, and I grew up with three brothers also, so they they prepared me quite well for the for this uh, job that I do now. But. Uh, my very first time actually trying out for the Snowbirds, uh, I was not accepted in, in the team. So at the time, I really thought the door was closed and it was, uh, I could remember seeing the Snowbirds from when I was uh, four or five years old and I thought that was it, that I would never make it. And then the opportunity uh, presented itself again to, to try out uh, one more time for the squad and then finally made it in 2001. And, uh, and it was a dream come true, but really it was, uh, it just taught me to uh, have perseverance and, and determination and, and keep going and use the opportunities that you might be given. Did you know, I, I didn't know, did you guys know that there was a female pilot in the Snowbirds? No, and now you know. You know her personally. Um, and so Rodney, a big obstacle, was there a door that shut in your face? And, and how, and if so, how did you overcome that? I think it was um, uh, applying for a job. There was this restaurant in Spain that I really wanted to go uh, and work at. Um, back in '95, it was a, you know sort of new what they call molecular gastronomy, and uh, you know as a young cook, you know you have your finger on the pulse. And I wrote, uh, and this was when email just came out. So I wrote, <laughs> I wrote an email and I sent a letter and I called the restaurant and uh, I didn't speak Spanish, um, and uh, you know I, I didn't get the job opportunity. Um, I was a little bit persistent, and then I, I finally got something back um, suggesting that I contact the chef that was a little closer to home. Uh, in uh, in the states in Connecticut and and I did and I sent him a letter uh, and he took me down for two years and I went down and I cooked uh, with him and uh, so it was a door closed and another opened and a learning experience to be had all around but you get disappointed when you get mm -hmm. you know it's like oh I can do it and 
but it was for the better, I think. You learned something of from course. it. Of course. Have you guys experienced any disappointment yet in, in striving for your various um, career options yet? Have you encountered any difficulties? Keenan, I'll start with you. Um, well, I've heard that many people want to become pilots, so I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing, but I think it'll be harder to get into the job because many people actually want to become one. Mm -hmm. So there's a bit of a downfall there. But do you think you've got what it takes? Do you have that passion? Hopefully. I believe you do. I believe you do. You. Olivia, have you encountered any difficulties? Well, just at competitions, you don't always get the best mark, but you just have to work past it. And you always have more than one like group solo duet like a day, and you just have to get past it. If you don't get a good mark on something, you just have to try harder and harder at the next thing that comes along and just try to improve and just work past it. Mm -hmm. And Jasmine, I'm guessing that there is already a lot of trial and error when it comes to what you do. Yeah. I really respect it because I just really <coughs> I stink in the kitchen all around. I really do. Is, <coughs> is that your biggest difficulty, or do you have really high standards for yourself? In what you I do? have pretty high standards for myself. Like I'll try this, but no, this is not good at all. Mm -hmm. um, but I entered a competition last year called the Iron Cupcake, and that, um, yeah. Um, Tell us about it. What is that? It's a cupcake competition. They have monthly downtown at a bakery. I'm not sure what it's called. I forget. It was last year. Um, but you bake a cupcake and it's themed around something and then you have to make like a display and then people will vote on your cupcakes and then you kind of win. It's kind of like the competition, the learning partnership. But um, I was so devastated because there was a first, third, and second, first, second, and third place and I didn't win. I was like, oh, I was so devastated. I was like, I'm obviously not good at baking. I should just give up. There's no point in me doing this anymore. Why am I doing this? But um, I had a lot of family with me that day, and they were just really supportive. And it's wonderful. And as be, just before we wrap up, I'm going to ask um, each of the adults if there's, um, you know, a piece of wisdom that you can pass along to the students here, students who are just really getting those creative juices flowing, maybe asking those same questions: What do I want to be when I grow up, and what do I need to do to get there? Um, if you can give us a few words that they can take along with them. Julian, I'll start with you. Um, I think probably the biggest thing is actually the perseverance. I think there's often um, an idea that people that make it to the top had this straight line there and they had their big break and everything was handed to them and it worked out well and um, really that's never the case. Um, you know, and often you see something like, it's, so you think you can dance, it's really great, but it's a, it's a TV show and you see this very short amount of time of work that these, uh, these dancers do and they don't necessarily focus on everything that came before that and the times that somebody was rejected and, and kept going and that's really a part of it. And if you have passion for something, you will hit roadblocks and not everything will come easy, but it makes it so much more worthwhile in the end. Mm -hmm. So just keep going with it. Keep going. Mm -hmm. I think I agree with Jillian, of course, perseverance. And uh, I would add to that perhaps passion. I think all three of us, and certainly you included as well, uh, have a passion. And you know, when, once you have it, you have the love for it, you don't mind uh, putting in the hours and the, the work and the dedication that's necessary to, to succeed. So if, uh, if you love what you do, uh, you won't have to work really. Yeah, that's great. And it's just keeping with, you know, finding what you love to do. And, uh, you know, people ask me, how's work? And I'm like, I don't really work. I just show up at a place and I do what I do. And, it, 
you don't consider it work. You, it's, it's more of a lifestyle. And if you're there uh, every day, you're, you're just loving it. And you're, you know, you're, sometimes when I have to plunge the toilets, that's a little bit of work. <laughs> that's not the, the, the most. But it's, it's finally figuring out. And don't be afraid, especially in this industry, to try new things. Um, if maybe it's not baking or if it's working in a kitchen, but you can be a food stylist, you can test food. There's so many different Buddy. aspects of the hospitality industry. Um, you can work the front of the house that are, that are fun, great, outgoing jobs that, you know, require good math and, and uh, a great background in school. And, and it doesn't have to be just cooking in the kitchen. As long as you, you know, have a good work ethic and have integrity, it's, it's all going to work out. Awesome. Well, that concludes our panel for today. Did you guys enjoy that? Let's put our hands together for our panel. Olivia, Keenan, Jasmine, Rodney, Maryse, and Jillian. Thank you guys so much. That was a lot of fun. Amazing. Thank you to our panel for giving us some insight into your aspirations and exciting careers. I can tell by the buzz in the room that our guests really enjoyed what you had to say. And I have to say I did too. The very wise and ancient philosopher Confucius, whose fortune cookies you all have read, once said, choose a job you love and you will never have to work a day in your life. This sounds like the perfect reflection of our theme today. To be inspired and dream big and to love what we do so much that it doesn't seem like work. Our panelists have also demonstrated that it takes motivation and hard work to achieve this goal. I'd like to thank each of them. Melissa, Olivia, Jillian, Keenan, Maurice, Jasmine, and Rod for inspiring us all to make good life and career choices. On behalf of the Canadian Club of Toronto, I'd like to present each of you with a small token of our thanks. First, to our ultimate dream job finalists, a pizza, farty, a pizza party for you and your classmates, courtesy of Pizza Pizza. And for the adults, a bottle of 100% Ontario wine from the Foreign Affairs Winery, courtesy of Len Crispino. Let's give our career panel a big round of applause. Thanks to all of you in our audience for being with us today and charging the room with your energy, your enthusiasm, and your excellent questions. And to the Learning Partnership, creators of Take Your Kids to Work Day, a big thank you for working with the Canadian Club for Take Our Kids to Lunch today. Let's do lunch again next year, but for now, I want to turn things back to Alexa. Thank you, Cameron, and thank you everyone for joining us today. This conclu concludes our li live television programming, which will be rebroadcasted on t Rogers TV in the days to come. We are grateful to Rogers TV and 680 News for their ongoing promotion of Canadian Club events. To learn more about the Canadian Club and our upcoming events, please visit us at www.canadianclub.org. 
Thank you all for joining us. This meeting is now adjourned.